Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. And a grain of rice. And a grain of rice is going to tip the scale. Just remember that, then. There's a small bit of a needle there. Now, come on, Mayo. You've got to get Andy Moran into the game. Our mission was to show that we're no longer the whipping boys of Munster. Uh, how are you doing, guys and girls out there? I hope you're all well and uh, surviving and minding yourselves. You're very welcome along again to uh, the Irish Examiner Hurling podcast. Monday morning, coming towards the end of September, the leaves are falling all around us. Uh, the usual crew of bandits are here this morning. Uh, Mr. Landers is back from buying the two-year-old in Wexford uh, last week. But he won't tell us either, but he didn't tell us Getaway Cream was running Friday night either. Uh, and she finished a tasty third. And somebody backed her um, from 10 to 1 into 6 to 1. Yeah, I'd love to know who that was, Dale, because it certainly wasn't me. But you know what? It was great to get to Dundalk on a, on a Friday night, right? First time back in six Probably months. Warners yeah. are allowed to go. And um, I, can, I can get home till midnight. And uh, I, I'd be really, uh, we need to talk to Michael Lowry again about getting that track in Tipperary because, like, for fellas coming up from South, poor old Ken Buds, he must have been exhausted because he left at about 11 o'clock Sunday and get home till about 1 o'clock in the morning. But, um, I'm surprised you didn't see the text there that she was going and have you quit. A few shrewdies were on a three to one for a place. Now, that wasn't you or me, like obviously, but. No, I just got burnt. Every time I backed her, Mark, I got burnt. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like Mark and a fella there uh, in Club Hurling, maybe, and he burned you every day you go out, like, and you eventually go out to the manager and say, Look, you put me over in the other wing there, will you? Do you know what I mean? So I like I I think I let her run away now and I'll enjoy it for you off now and he, she um I think I was talking to the trainer there yesterday and he said that we'll put her away now for a couple of weeks and give her a break and bring her back for a, a winter campaign. So I let yeah, you, you act- know Dale if I hear anything if I if, if I hear anything. Yeah, you actually told us the very same story two and a half weeks ago after the run in uh was it in Cork, was it? You said she's been yeah. put away now for a few weeks and uh next thing she reappears. I know on Sandy was She's got a mark of eight. She's got a mark of eighty-eight over hurdles. She'll probably get a spin. I would say probably there in late October, start November. Just keep an eye out. She finished mid division, well held. <laughs> the, day, the day afterwards, be careful, be careful. I'm telling you now, she's well in over hurdles. You see, you can't be having the South Limerick man on the show like that. They know the horses suffer on there, boy. Tell it, TJ, boy. You're so yeah. up, right? Yeah. Come yeah. here, TJ. I, I missed you last week. But I, I actually could see you the previous Saturday night with the blue jacket you were wearing. Just like, you're like the North Star on the television. It's got a lot of common sense, Mark. Yeah, a lot of people looking for that jacket, actually. So, yeah. It's available. Yeah, no, no, that, that they've got enough publicity now that that clothing company. Oh, Sexton's for men, by never. It was the cheapest jacket they ever gave out, I'll tell you. <laughs> Come here, I, 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 
Did Little Woods Island ring you now, by any chance? Because I saw you with the socks on and the short pants. Like, I was wondering. No, I'm huh? unfortunately, I'm, I'm, I'm the wrong vintage. My seven day I spoke about that. We're the wrong vintage for Little Woods. We had to... We're, we're, yeah, we're different. Not surprised. <laughs> and, the, and the other thing with that, Mark Landers, if you miss the show, you listen to it during the week, okay? Because we spoke yeah. about short trousers and no socks yeah. and all that last week as well, okay? So you're caught again there, right? You're so busy in the blood stock world now, anyway. Like, it's incredible, like, you know, financial services is only by the way, like, you know. <laughs> we're also delighted to be joined. Uh, great to have you back. Uh, Brian Hogan, how's it going, Brian? Great, Hello. Thanks, Million. Thanks for having us back. Always a pleasure. Sorry. Uh, sorry for ignoring you there on Talking Horses for, for six or seven minutes. And once, TJ's once, fetching. <laughs> once the boys get going, there's no stopping them. No bother. No, 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 they're good ones. We, we, have Larry, we have Larry with us as well. Um, there's, uh, I suppose it was another story with, in tip yesterday. It was football related and we're not allowed to mention it on the show. But this week I think we'll have to mention it. Because uh, uh, just torture for Lockmore again yesterday. Uh, lad, we'll, we'll kind of go, I suppose, in, in, in date fashion. We'll go, we go back to Saturday and we go back to the little All Ireland. Um, we got a bit of a break from it last week, so we, 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 we'll, we'll, uh, we'll indulge him uh, over there. Uh, uh, an, epic, an epic on Saturday during the day, uh, Mark. You were on Co-Coms. Great analysis as well, I was having your... Didn't always agree with each other now in certain aspects no, of the whole team. No, but sir, um, I like everything, they allowed a bit of healthy debate, there's no harm, and um, there was no blood spilt either. So um, I suppose, that, look, my team is still standing Blackrock, but by only by the skin of their teeth now, I'd have to say. Um, yeah. I think we, sent, we mentioned in the comment, I think UCC will be gutted going away from the match because they probably were the better team over the 80 minutes that was played. But... Um, you would have to give great credit to BlackRock for hanging in there. And like how they fashioned the draw out of it is incredible. Like, they got goals at vital times during the game, but on each occasion they got the goals, UCC went down the field and responded immediately, which was a great sign of the UCC. Um, but I suppose um, late on the drama, really, like when, when you know, 70, 74, 75 minutes played, six minutes left, uh, three points down, you really would have to say that UCC were probably had had one leg in the county final. But um, I'd have to say great credit down to BlackRock. They never panicked. Uh, they kept recycling the ball. And I suppose in Ty DC, they found a real gem because he, when he came on, he, I won't say he turned the game, but he single, single-handedly probably took the game to UCC. He got four or five points from centre forward. He went in a Paddy Cadell, who was having a stormer. Himself and Matt Coleman were brilliant, I thought, all through. And I suppose for people that maybe haven't seen the game, like UCC played with a sweeper and it made it very, very difficult for BlackRock. And we had, they hadn't played against that. And it took them a long time to get to grips with the sweeper, I would say. Um, or like 326 to 34 points, the scoreboard. And Parky Cueve went on the blink. Nobody actually had a good handle on what the score was. But I'd have to take my hat off to Alan Connolly in real time, he scored a free from about 75, 80 metres into whatever slight breeze was there. Magnificent score out of him. And he also got a brilliant goal during the match as well. So it had everything, Anthony. It was incredible. And we're now going to see the first, I suppose, All-City final in 30 years. The last one that was played was 1990. The Pierce played against St. Finbars. And um, I suppose... When you mentioned the Little All Ireland, a lot of people would speak about the Glenda Bars and the Rockies, and if you know those three teams, 
you know, would have been synonymous with winning the counties in Cork for, for years. And it's the first, we'll say, of the, those two teams, we'll say, two of the three um, since 1988. So I just, the disappointing thing is that there's going to be nobody at the match and Cork could possibly go into the lockdown, I'd say, this week, judging by what we're hearing from Neffet. And hopefully we'll be able to stave it off for a week and Michal Martin will give us a bit of a... A small bit of a chance to get our county finals. There's three county finals being played this weekend. The Premier Intermediate has been played Saturday night. Blarney and Castellines. And you have the Senior A final at half past 12 on a Sunday. Father O'Neill's in Charleville. And then you have the Glen and the Rockies at 4 o'clock on Sunday, which is it's just a massive weekend of hurling coming, Anthony. Mark, Mark, did you say you tipped the Rockies from earlier on in the year? That's, I certainly that's, did. That's an interesting, because like... Look, obviously you're a lot closer than I am to the Cork hurling, but everyone was talking about the Glen and, you know, the Mars. You know, I, I didn't hear the Rockies being mentioned. And actually, I, I was I met a few of the Rocky lads there earlier on there, Fergal Ryan himself and Alan and John Brown and that, and we had a few points yeah. in the right old crack. But the lads were, uh, were talking about Fergal and how shrewd operator he is, you know, and a, a great club man. And, you know, they were, yeah. going, they were, they were yeah. hoping for big things this year. Why, why did you think the Rockies... But- they, they, they had, they, they've won about three or four Premier Minor counties and they've also won three under-21s in the last decade. Now, a lot of teams, you know, a lot of people would have expected them to come through. They were actually in the county final in 2018 against the McKilly. And on the day, and I, I would talk to Fergal Condon, actually, who was in charge of the McKilly, he said, of the three counties we've won, the Rockies, he said, was the, the most difficult of them. The following year, and, um, they were beaten by Middleton. And probably a game that they should have won. They were caught late on. And then last year, they won the league final. Impressive. And a week later, they came out against Newtown Chandram. And they got caught. I think they, they probably felt that they were going to be winning the game. And you know yourself now when you're not fully tuned up. And Tim O'Mahony was outstanding the same night. He scored about 1-6 from play. And just just got beaten, I suppose. But yeah, I, yeah. I, I felt... I, I saw little things happen, I suppose, along the way, Brian. They pen, like there were six of the Black Rock team were due to go on J1 visas this year. They were all stopped going to America. So all of a sudden, they actually had their players, a yeah. full panel of players to pick from. And their intermediate team, uh, even though they were relegated this year, they have come up through the ranks as well over the last two or three years. So they have a very, very good panel of players now. But they're, yeah. they're, do you know what they are over any other team? They're the biggest and most physical team that is in Cork at this moment in time. Right. And I'd be a big believer that... You know, the way the game has gone, it's a physical game. And there's been a change in the refereeing standards, I think, in Cork as well, that the referees are letting a lot more go. So the likes of Joe Lark and Simon Stokes and 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 Cahill, uh, Cahill McAllister, probably our best uh, referee in the county at this moment in time. There's a big focus on refereeing in Cork and the refs are leaving it go. And we're seeing better standards of game. But I think it's probably suiting Black Rocks. And Mark, one, one of the things like was, you know... We didn't see it coming, but I know he won a Fitzgibbon with him this year. And like, was Connor Boylan was sort of parachuted in for UCC? And I mean, like, he's a, I mean, Connor Boylan's a Limerick Inter County player. He was magnificent for an appearance against Dune. I know they blitzed Dune, but he, he, I thought he's worked great that time. He was incredible. And like, for him to come in, like, how much. How much of an effect would that have for UCC, but then for the Rockies as well? Like, have the deal with that. Probably didn't know maybe till 20 minutes before the game with the modern way of getting into the grounds and all this now. Like, Well, the, the funny thing about it is that um, there was a wrinkle out that Conor Boylan was coming down and um, 
I was watching the warm-up and there was 25 fellas tagged out for UCC, but there was 23 of them had their UCC jerseys on and there was two fellas had no jerseys on them. And one of them happened to be Connor Boylan, like, you know, and the other fellow happened to be James Keating, you know, and uh, J- James didn't play because he was injured, but Connor Boylan was there. So they were holding things really, really close to their chest. I suppose, look, I, I'm... I'm clear in my thinking on it, Anthony, that I think any player that that has played senior in another county should just stay with his with, with the team that he has played. I think it's unfair in some respects that you should have two bites of the cherry to win two county senior medals. And we discussed this with Jor Cunningham a number of weeks ago about the college rule that in in back in the day, you know, Ray Cummins would have played with UCC, but he wouldn't have played with his club. So he within Cork, you could only play with one club, so you either nominated your team. So I'm just wondering if Conor Boylan was given the option, and, and Jordan made a very big point that, you know, the camaraderie that the players had had built up over their time in UCC and that, that winning a county medal would be massive for them. But I wonder if I asked Conor Boylan in January this year to, to have to nominate one team to play for, would it be UCC or would it have been a Piercic? I'd like to see what his response would be then and see what, what, what really was under the hood there, whether he wanted to give up the chance of playing with Napiershig to play with UCC. But, you know, be that as it may, the funny thing is that the two players that went off late in the game, Conor Boylan and Killian Dwyer from Tipperary, Conor Backwood, held Michael, Michael O'Halloran scoreless. They were a massive loss to, UC, to UCC because there was a couple of chances when they're begging late in the game for UCC. The balls were hit wide and the keeper and Gavin Connolly and goes struck ping two balls out and, and there were scores came off them. And five points were scored in the last four or five minutes by Black Rock in a game that had been 75 minutes old. Killing the wire was a massive, massive loss. So those two fellas had a huge bearing in the game actually going off. Yeah, and, and, and Mark, I'm imagining, I suppose maybe the purists and a lot of people in Cork are probably happy with the final pairing that you're getting in the sense that even though UCC obviously do bring something to the championship and they're trying to raise standards and drive it on, but I'd imagine this is a final now that's going to get a lot of people talking. As you said, city final. I see the Glen are favourites and stuff. But yeah, and to go back to what Brian said early on, Mark was on the ball here early in this podcast. He tipped Black Rock at 8 to 1 from a long way out. So he was very much finger on the pulse and in, in, in the Cork Club hurling. Thanks very much. Yeah. I, I won't slag any more about the jacket. Okay, fine, okay. No, no, I, I often said to you that I, did, I didn't think Emma would retain their title because Thanks. of the last of the players, the yeah. Nicky Daltons and the Shem, and, um, you know, um, Mark O'Keefe and Paddy O'Sullivan. But, and they were going for four in a row. It was always going to be a struggle for them. But you just, just, I'm not anti-UCC. I just want to be clear on that now. UCC yeah. have done a massive, massive job for Cork Curling. And I think their first priority is Fitzgibbon. And they have done brilliantly with the Like, they're winning the last two Fitzgibbons. And they're bringing true players. And, you know, two players in particular now, this weekend, Shane Barrett and Paddy Power, from both from Bellarney, who go on and play in the Premier Intermediate Final on Saturday night with Bellarney, they've had huge exposure. And, and Dale, just to digress a small little bit, a little bit of history was made over the weekend. Uh, our first penalty shootout was Airog um, against Sars in the semi-final of the um, Intermediate Grade on Saturday night. The reason I'm saying this is that Dylan Desmond was in goals for UCC, was involved in a draw with UCC. He then came out with his club Airog the following day. That game finished a draw. It finished a draw after extra time and went to penalties. Uh, but, the, 
But to get to the to get to the extra time, there were three points down, and Desmond nailed two long range frees to get him to draw. He stepped up and he took the first penalty and blazed it wide. And then he turned around and he saved the next two penalties to send his team through to the county final against Ahabullock, which is going to be a local derby. It's brilliant. Dylan Desmond, take my hats off him. You're setting, you're setting all sorts of new trends down there in Cork. They're delighted for you, really. Like, you know, it's incredible. Um, but come here, just to go back, you said BlackRock struggled with the system. Right, and it wouldn't be used yeah. to the system. And you had Parik Power and Conway playing inside on their own, boiling in yeah. as a target man wing forward. Yeah. Paddy O'Loughlin sitting in the pocket, who I suppose hit more yeah. ball than anyone. But you know, from Tom Kinney's point of view, then, like I said, it's a mortal sin to be playing seven backs and concede three goals. Yeah, that would be, that would be one of your reasons for playing a sweep was that you don't concede goals. And like when you have fellas that the aforementioned players that you have there, if they get any bit of decent ball, they'll rack up plenty of scores because if any opportunity to get the ball in their hand, they'll knock it over the bar. Um, and then you throw Mark Kyo as well, another Tipperary senior holder who was one of the other followers as well. But I suppose Shane O'Keefe, huge man, six foot five at the edge of the square. He marked David Lowney from Clannacilty, and just to digress slightly, David Lowney the following day came out and won a West Cork junior final for his club, Clannacilty, which was a massive weekend for David on, on, on you know, losing one side, winning the other side. But Shane O'Keefe was huge for Black Rock, in, not in size, but in scores. He got a goal against the runner play in the first half. And they lost, I didn't see the replay, but there was a controversial score in the second half, a goal, a ball that went over the bar, Brought back into play, it seems, by Dylan Desmond. And Shane O'Keefe is standing in the square and he knocked it home for a goal. Now, Joel Arkin went in and he consulted with his umpires and they said, you know, did he impede the goalkeeper? No. Was it over the bar? They felt it wasn't. Was he in the square? They didn't feel it. But or they didn't think he was. But for me, on first glance, I thought he was, he was in the square. But I don't know what the new rules. I think in football, I know you can certainly follow the ball in and be there. I don't know whether it qualifies in the holding. We don't have any referee on it with us today, but maybe that's the one for um, for my buddy from Tipperary, Fergal Horgan. I said the next time. It's always interesting to see that whenever any of the colleges do well, Mark. You know the, the Twitter. You know it erupts on Twitter about the, the the justification for having them in the county championship. I see a few of my my friends on Twitter tweeting about it as well. And I had that. I was fortunate enough to be involved with UCD up in Dublin, and uh, when I was in college, and it was the same thing. It was they shouldn't be in the Dublin championship, and you know, when you get on a bit of a roll, no one wants you in it. And when you're when you're getting hidings, nobody minds you being in it at all. You know, and now obviously there's a strong history with UCC in the Cork County Championship that goes back, you know, for a long time. And it's it's much more accepted, you know. Whereas when UCD came into it up in Dublin, we weren't so um welcomed, I suppose, in a lot in a lot of ways. But um I think maybe if they brought in a rule that they hadn't played up to the quarter final, they couldn't play. Because Cadell, JK Brackens were senior and tip. Uh, Shane Conway is a senior hurler with Lixnaw you yeah. know I probably would rule him out as well and then you probably wouldn't be competitive I know in Dublin just before my time going up there UCD mm. were starting to dominate at Brian yeah. um, and you know Babs used to be the manager and he'd have Nicky in coach and of course the great late the late great Dave Billings was the overseer yeah. of all things GA in uh, and what an absolute guest man now real character and right. uh, they met they met Vincent's his own club in the county final uh, one of the years and his own son Cahill was cornerback who would have been better yeah. probably centre-back than anything but 
UCD's most lethal forward at the time from Tumi Barrow was Petty O'Brien. But uh, Dave ruthlessly put Petty in on top of the sun, who proceeded, I think, to score 3-2 <laughs> off him. I don't think the wife talked to Dave for a week after, like... And uh, I think within two years, UCD were gone out of the double championship, Brian. Yeah. Yeah, we, we had... Um, I remember, I remember that day, Dale. Um, actually, because I heard the abuse that Dave Dave got from his own club. Yeah, they'll all over. They'll all be over in the shed side. Apparently, oh, uh, Parnell Park is is tight at the best of times. You know, yeah, so you can, yeah. you can easily have a quiet word with the lads on the sideline. There was yeah. nothing quiet about what they were roaring, and look, Dave is well able to give it back. But um, yeah, it was an eye opener. Uh, these are lads that are supposed to be his own club mates, but um. Yeah, I remember. I remember going up playing matches, and Dave kind of warning us beforehand that this could get tasty because <laughs> there's no one is uh, you know no one's too happy to see you coming kind of thing. The the, the cold she's coming up for the you know to play the matches and that. But I should look. Dave was incredible, you know, in terms of driving the GFR, and you know once he was behind the team, that was it. But um, yeah, we had a couple Eek. of great days. Obviously, we had Luke, Stephen, Lucy from Limerick, and you know yeah. was. Was driving, you know, it was a big name at the time for us, and Brendan Murphy from Offaly and Paddy, and, Near, uh, nearly won the Leinster Club, Brian, didn't you? Yeah, uh, they were beaten by Bally Callan the year before, uh, just as I was coming into college up in Nolan Park. I remember that, and I think Bally Callan, that might have been the year they went on to the club All-Ireland and got beaten by Atten Rye. Um, yeah. That was a great match. And then, yeah, two years I was involved. Um, you're speaking about double, um, you know, two bites of the cherry. Um, we were beaten by James Stevens, and we were county champions that year, beaten in the county semi-final. And then they went on to the Leinster final and I got another crack at them and we were beaten by a controversial point, let's put it like that. So that kind of, uh, that really knocked the stuffing out of me and uh, they went did, on and won the club All-Ireland, I think, that year. Did Lax, did Lax or anyone remind you, like, coming down the stretch that you were going to be beaten twice by the village today? Uh, no, he knew better than, than to mention it, although he wouldn't be shy about telling you. But to be fair to him, he kept that one, you know, to himself, but um, it look it came up on right, a couple of points that, uh, with a few points in it about that controversial point. But um, but there you go. There was there was a case in point, I suppose, where I had a crack in the county championship and then another crack in the provincial. But Jesus. but look, Rocky's in the final and uh, the Landers uh, tip going well there. Um, so the ones, one ones, more hurdle, Dela. One more hurdle now. Yeah, we know. They could be going halfway now. It's by Sunday. Yeah, and look later on that night. Uh, yeah. We had Shani McGrath and we had Ronan Kern, like, and you know they did point out. I think Kern was really strong. I suppose Shani maybe couldn't say too much with the Glen involved. That they could be rusty. I think it had four weeks probably, and and they certainly were rusty. Map they were they were sluggish all over the field, and they were, they were forwards were very slow to get going. I felt. They were, and in fairness to Richie Kelleher on the Glens Island, didn't wait around. He, he substituted two of his forwards at halftime and brought in Paddy Cunningham and Mark Dooley, who had the big both of them had a big influence in the game. And as was, you know, no different than Fergal Ryan in, in his camp, that he'll, he'll have a few big decisions to make as to who he starts on Sunday. I think Richie Kelleher and his management team will have a few fellas that are putting up their hand to, to see. I, I, I could see Dooley starting on, on, on Sunday, and I think Conor Doris, who was taken off at halftime, Possibly start because he, his record in finals has been good. Like they again won the 2015 and 2016 final. They were beaten last year by by Amy Kelly, and they probably would be disappointed with the performance. They didn't play that well on the day, but they'll be really, really up for this one, Dale. And I, I think you're right, and, and the lads were right about the four week break. They were they're certainly like AM Zone came out of the traps, and the form that they showed against Sars in the quarter final, they continued with it. And they took the game to him. And to be fair to Robbie O'Flynn, just to mention him, 
he had an outstanding game on Saturday night now and, and great from a Cork perspective that all the lads that were hurling, that all the fellas involved with Cork were excellent. Um, but like at the third water, at the, the break, the third, we said the three-quarter stage now is what we call it. Like, um, the ball was still two points up and they got, the, got a great goal just before, just yeah. before it. But I think Amazon, the biggest issue that Amazon had was the last... James O'Flynn, the man who made a great save or the great hook on, on, on Liam Healy in the quarterfinal. And they also asked Stephen Cronin and they asked Shane Murphy in advance. They'd be three of the better six backs. So I think that, yeah. that probably hurt them in the end, Anthony. But you'd have to great, great, great credit to the Glen that they hung it. They could get seven points in the last quarter, which is a massive return in any 15 great. minutes. And they showed maturity, I thought, as well. You know, they didn't panic, like, and that's from being around. But no. I, I will say with James O'Flynn as well, he had started really well at centre-back, hadn't he? On Huggy, like... Oh, he, very he, much I so. know Huggy had, had picked off a pint or two, but he still had five or six good clearances made. And, and geez, to lose a fella like that, your centre-back at club level, just... Yeah. Like, it's, it's, a, it's a pity because... He's a guy that I'd be looking for going forward now from an intercounty because he's big, he's abrasive, he has plenty of pace. He's a guy that you could actually work with, I think, definitely. But he was a huge loss to, to yeah. Elmzone and his form coming into the game was excellent as well. And um, But look, you'd have to give credit to the Glen. Like, I mean, as you just mentioned, they never panicked. The concern, I suppose, in some respects, is they got 22 points. They got no goal. And Shea Bone and goals for them zone wasn't really troubled over the hour either. So, like, I think to win any county final, even though your, your friends in Six Mile Bridge won a county this year, I don't think they registered any goal at all during the, the whole course no. of the championship. So, I mean, that, that's a remarkable stat. They got no goal in the championship. But, you know, it'll be great to see the Rockies and the Glen in the final, Anthony. It's just the pity is, like... Like there was only five and a half thousand people at the county final last year. There could be fifteen or twenty thousand people who would go to the county final. See, see, and there are a lot of neutrals, Waterford and the Tip Border and stuff for that. Like, you know, I suppose Conway Shank. Just to mention Shane Conway from Kerry, he has lit up the championship in Cork as well this year. Just to give him a mention, he was absolutely mm. magnificent in the semi-final on Saturday night against the Rockies. But you know, it is what it is. We have to just get on with it. But it's a great credit due to Kevin O'Donovan and Ronan Dewan and the new structures that the farmer of the championship that you've come out with probably the two best club teams in Cork at the moment. And it is going back kind of 30, 40 years to the old days. You know, the Glendavars and the Rockies, you now have two of the top three, we'd say, from years gone by are in the county final. And that will capture the imagination in Cork City and County this year. Is the final yeah, back? Sorry, this, this Sunday, DJ. Uh, so it's, uh, you know, I, I saw Richie Keller speaking there during the week, like, you know, there's four weeks since the last match, and now they have to play a semi final and a final within a week. But look, I think they take it at the start of the year. Like, go back, lads, and we first started on the podcast, we were having no championship, and now you're down to a county final. Like, and and a lot of county finals played all over the, co- the, the country, TJ. Yourself included, you're going to be pucking the ball next Sunday. Pucking the ball next Sunday. And I see the bookies are making the Glen favourites market, one to two or whatever. So BlackRock yeah. still a little bit of the outsiders. That's kind of um, yeah, they would be. the way they're yeah. seeing they it. They would be. A, yeah, like, look, the Glen, to be fair, once Amy Killy were knocked out of the championship, the Glen assumed the favouritism immediately. And they were coming in, they, they got. We said they were the best ranked team after the group games and they went straight to the semi-final. Now, we, you know, there was a question, and Dale, you brought it up, whether it was an advantage or a disadvantage getting to the semi-final directly or not. So, um, look, that'll be something the fellas will be looking at next year. Do you want to be the top-ranked team or not? 
I I think possibly getting to the semi-final and if the draw works out for you, I mean, I think it's a help, but there'll be other teams that will say, look, having a quarter-final game is a help as well. I think you live and die by the results, really, at the end of the day. Yeah, and yeah. Do you know the way, sorry, Tage, just they lost two of their half-back line here and so on, and in fairness to uh, Brian Mylan and, and Rob Downey, they thundered in in the last... 20 minutes Absolutely. of the game reading that. I mean, Brian Mylan is the, um, I'd say he's probably the best club hurling actor player for Cork, in my opinion. He's been yeah, centre-back on that team for years and he's been rock solid at centre-back. He's a fantastic club hurler. Uh, but I tell you, Downey and David Noonan on the other wing, they're a serious half-back line, Anthony. They're, they're really, really good now. Uh, Dave Noonan would have played minor and under 21 for Cork. I suppose didn't break into the senior team, but he he still has a bit of time in his side if the if the selectors wanted to give him a call. But Downey Downey is the common defender in my opinion in Cork. Um, I could see him playing at centre back in the senior team this year, Anthony. And he's a big abrasive young fellow with plenty. He's a massive pace. man, like isn't he? Oh, he is. He is. He's a big, big guy. But he has he has hurling as well to go with it. And um, you know, but but just to mention the three of Brian Mylan as well, like. That half back line will be formidable, but I tell you, Black Rock have the two up Shane and Mark and Kieran Carmack. They are six foot two, six foot three, and you know, Brian, you're 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 on the, the pod today, Brian. And I, and I go back to the semi final. I think it was O'Loughlin's and Dixborough played, and Henry Shefflin and and uh, Jackie Jackie mentioned the fact the size of the Dixborough team versus the size of the O'Loughlin team. Both of them fancy because of their physicality. And I think the one thing the Black Rock will bring to the final next Sunday, Anthony, will be massive, massive physicality. They're the biggest, they're the biggest club team in Cork, without question at the moment. Yeah. Is there a little thing there? Um, I just watched both now, and of course the coverage stayed on, great coverage with the Examiner and Co-op Superstores. And, um, the scenes of jubilation from the Rockies subs and mentors. And now I know it was an epic and they looked like they were going to lose it most of the way through. And yeah. they haven't been in the final in, in quite a while, I suppose, and haven't been winning a championship in, in a long, long time. And, but then the Glen, like at the final whistle, they just, you know, they, they just touched elbows with their opponents and you could yeah. sense there was that little bit of down and even Richie Kelleher's interview today in the paper. Uh, you know, just, ah, we wouldn't be happy with that at all. And no, you couldn't say Black Rock were outstanding either on the day. Is there, is, an, is there an advantage one way or another based on last Saturday? Well, I think Black Rock had, you know, they've had to deal with St. Michael's being involved in the football championship as well. So they haven't had a clear run to the champ. You know, they've had that situation where they've had Black Rock one weekend, St. Michael's the other weekend. And that has been happening for the last kind of 12 weeks. So uh, St. Michael's were beaten the week before last, which probably only just gave them five days or six days with their team. Um, they'll have the same this week. Um, but you'd have to say that UCC probably were the better team over the hour. And, you know, being three points down, Anthony, and to get, you know, five of the last six points over the last five minutes, like, when you think of it, there was, that, that's massive, like, and um, I, I think they had brought on five subs during the course of the game, took off Michael O'Halloran, a big, you know, the best forward from, this, from the quarterfinal against Douglas. So you'll give great credit to the lads on the sideline. And as well as that, BlackRock tugged out 30 players as well. They had a full panel of players, so their intermediate lads were involved in them as well. And you could hear the side, now, 
I know there was only one sideline in it because UCC wouldn't have had massive, a massive following, but they were very, very boisterous. And the mentors, the, the supporters, and the subs were all in the one kind of area over together. So there was massive jubilation. And you know, to win any, any match by a point and to get back to the county final is. But maybe on I the Glen side, think, then. I think and, on the Glen side, you'll, you'll see a fair bit more of that first time oh, beating each other since 78. Yeah. Glen will be up for this one. Like, and I, I, I don't know, I know whether you saw the examiner this morning, but there was a, Dennis Collin had a, you know, a great, 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 great Glenn and St. Nick's footballer had a piece on, and I was in trial. I'd never heard the story before. And I was just saying, it was guessed that it's coming this week, you know, before the Glenn go to the county final. It's a brilliant bit of reading in today, like about stuff that happened back in the, in 69 and 70. It was, it was incredible, like, you know, but this is going to be a fascinating final, Anthony. And, Anthony, before we finish, the one fellow I hope the referee is is Cahill McAllister. I'm really because we've been watching the Kilkenny stuff, we've been watching the Tipperary County County matches, right? I think Cork really, really needs a massive final, and I've a feeling that if Cahill McAllister will get that match, it's going to be a cracker. Just there was a stage Saturday night when I thought Simon Stokes, I thought the P was stuck in the whistle. I thought he didn't blow for nothing. <laughs> well, it's good. Look, there, there certainly is a change in the refereeing standards. I would have to say that, you know, Joel Arkin, Simon Stokes and, and Cahill McAllister, and I was actually at the semi-final of the, in, the senior A between Father O'Neill's and Noosa's Town, which got fairly testy and Mark Maher left that game as well, and he was getting fair stick from the sideline, I can tell you now, from both sides. But he just left it play on, and I think a lot of... It'll take a couple of years for this to bet in that Silence will have to realise this game is getting a bit more physical, lads. Stop looking for freeze and get on with the game. Uh, TJ, there's a great old statement there that success leaves clues. And Mr Hogan <laughs> seemed like the way they played it and, and the way the matches reputedly were refereed in training. I can go back to Mr Lucknan as well, like he didn't blow too often. Okay. Uh, and, and I suppose the cockpits are learning from that. Absolutely, yeah. I think Mark spoke about it earlier in the year. Yeah, did I see something there on, on, on what's happening on the side bit? You know, having Mark here coming down the track with the Glen and Black Rock. Is there a point on it the weekend or a night out? Or is, I, I don't know. I saw something anyway. Yeah, well, I just keep an eye on the overall bit and I keep an eye on Yee to win Galway. I keep an eye on Nemo, I think, and Castle Lines. I think and we're home and who are we? Go and collect. <laughs> And it's the Landers bet as well. The rest of us went down. Yeah, like. the rest of us went down. Yeah, no. <laughs> you, you, you put in all of the nails yeah. into Kenny, didn't you? I have a confession to make. Hoagie's getting the blame this morning. Sorry about that, TJ. Uh, well, I suppose two things. Uh, it was definitely like, how anybody who thinks he knows anything about hurling could leave out Belly Hale. Maybe, uh, that was definitely a moment of madness. But I thought oh, you're, I looking for, you're looking for value, TJ. That's I was looking for a bit of value. I saw something in the Lock and Gales earlier on. I was reading the reports of their games, but it just wasn't to be. The semi final didn't happen for them and they didn't oh. get there. So, yeah. Hoagie was like half the lot of the bet TJ done, like. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking for the value. Yeah, I was. <laughs> Well, we, we have Kula up and we have Belly Hale up and we have Napiershig up. So we're waiting now on St. Thomas's, Castellines and Nemo. That's not bad, I tell you, by the, the whole country be, it'll be ringing us in the next week or two to know how, how we fix. So where's the party on? Where's the party? Well, yeah. the, par- the party has to be in Killa now, just the thing, like. And uh, oh, just no on, on well, while we're talking all things, Cork, you retained your se- senior status over the weekend. We did. Oh, skin of the teeth stuff. Um, it, in fairness to the players now, they really dug it out. Um, 
And the funny thing is, uh, it seems that after the we, we had a touch with the coronavirus, unfortunately, and the game was put off, Anthony, a couple of weeks ago, with a player, unfortunately, who'd went down with it, and um, he wasn't involved yesterday, or his brother wasn't involved either, neither the two of them played, and... Um, we luckily we, we led two seven to three points at the first water break, went ten points up and, and I say everybody that was at the game would say, Who hat in the mouth we're grand now here and next of all, as the game went on, it got more tense, more tight, scores coming in at a plenty. And then we're four points up a time up and uh Kilwork got a twenty one yard free, ten fillers in the goal for save with stuff that popped at home, down to a pint. Three or four more minutes of extra time, you can just imagine the enthralling thing. But look, scraped over the line, won it by a pint, and just you know, I suppose hoping just to get back under, to get get the lads back under, get out, get them back into form next year. I suppose really, like you know, just didn't the, the pandemic didn't suit them this year, and uh, I think a lot of fellas, you know, might have suffered from the COVID stone during the during the break and the lockdown. So, but it, yeah, retained their status and. Uh, just had to, to re reevaluate things now and, and get back on the horse next year. Mac, I, have, I have a family connection with Kilworth. My brother-in-law, Massey Mac, was playing a cornerback for Kilworth yesterday. And the word that I had heard was that you pulled a stroke there a couple of weeks ago that you weren't ready for the relegation final, that your numbers in training were very, very slack, that you had a little couple of things and you got the stroke pulled. You have connections in the county board, of course. Got the game, <laughs> got, got the game pushed out and that won you the day. Uh, come here. Am I saying what you're Like I tell you, in fairness, you know, you every weekend you come on with a gag, and that's the best one of all. I can tell you. Am I just saying what you're saying? Don't go any deeper into that. Don't go any deeper into that. Lads, we 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 had a lot to try and take in yesterday. I was in Cusick Park. Um, I was half listening to you, TJ, because Mihal Dunu was in uh, Kenny Park. So we were getting, they were going from him to me, myself and Marty, and himself and Brian Carthy. So we were keeping up to date with GRIs. Um, and of course, we couldn't watch uh, the Kilkenny final live because we're on duty. So I watched it about half 10 last night, Brian. The Sky Plus worked. I was afraid of my life, it wouldn't. But uh, God, like after watching the semi finals, Brian, I couldn't, I, I give Dixborough a right shout, I have to say, you know. Yeah. And I, I wondered, was the loss of, of Adrian Mullen and, and, and Mick Finley beginning to tell that James Stevens like unprecedented stuff, like the nine points in a row? And, you know, I, I said, geez, this Dixford team looks very balanced and everything. And if someone told me 519 to 110, I'd have given them the docket we're holding here for the bet. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Incredible uh, performance. Unbelievable. Um, I was up in a club, my own club, um, yesterday morning, and we were just chatting about a few of the, the lads. and. We're all kind of in agreement. Look, obviously, Ballyhale were favourites, but we're giving the Borough every chance. Taught like the athleticism, the hurling the ability they have, you know, and they've been, they, you know, they had the experience there, having won it a couple of years ago, and obviously with Killian there, you know, the linchpin in the defence. I, I gave them every chance, and I thought it was going to be a right match. But um, incredibly, for a team that's had so much success over the last decade, they were the Ballyhale were the hungrier team. They they just hit every rook. They they hounded, they harassed. The borough, they turned over the borough defence for for the first goal. You know, they just they looked like the team that were seeking their first county final in a couple of years. You know, they, and they just they 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 ground Dixborough out. I think Dixborough just didn't know what hit them. Um, you know, they, they just suffocated them. And obviously, then with the hurling ability they have, I mean, the firepower that Ballyhale have, everyone knows. You know, I think they had their spread of scores. They had ten different players scored. 
Um, you know, so it's 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 not a case as is always the case when you play him. It's never a case of just minding TJ or minding Colin or minding Henry as it was back in the day because Fekish they they come from all angles. You know, they- like James Stevens, almost beat him as we all know. The two boys contributed two eight between them. Obviously, Colin did most of the scoring of that two eight, but TJ set up most of that two eight. Um, yesterday they held them to one two. From play now, I know TJ was very, very instrumental, and yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I suppose, I suppose, uh, um, Colin got the goal. I suppose that really finished the contest in lots of ways. But yes, they still scored five nineteen. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that, but, that, but that's it. I mean, I don't know how many times Henri has popped up over the years. You know, with with two one, two two, two three, and on is is laid back, he's as horizontal as they come. You know, you talk to him off the pitch and he be, it's nearly a struggle for him to talk to you. Well, you know, but Jesus, he's always on the end of things. You know, he's just, he's a pure finisher. He's, he's, he's exactly what you want from a corner forward. He's always in the right place at the right time and just getting the snig on the ball into the back of the net, you know, and he's been doing it for years. Um, you know, and then obviously you have the younger brigade coming through, you know, you've Owen, Owen Cody and Brian Cody, who all chipped in, you know, I think they chipped in with one one each, you know, and then you had Ronan Corker in the midfield there with three points. Three points. You had Paddy yeah. Mullen there, a wing back, you know, who got a point. Joe got a he, you know, with a with a point himself. Connor Walsh comes off the bench, gets a point. Dara Corker gets a, you know, uh, the other midfielder or uh, wing back. So you had two wing backs scoring a point. You had Richie Richie Reed in the middle, you know, pulling the strings, just spraying the ball around the field. And it's just it's just their use of ball. And 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 you know, you consider that they didn't even have the young hurler of the year playing, you know, you hadn't got Adrian Mullen playing. And, you know, I've no doubt club sides were saying, right, they're vulnerable. They're coming off the back of a club All-Ireland. They're missing their, the, you know, the Adrian Mullen, who's arguably their, their marquee for now almost. You know, he's the, the up-and-coming guy. Um, you know, but, Big Finley. Yeah, look, years ago, I remember when I was playing, you know, and Cha, um, you know, was taking a couple of years out and you're saying, oh, you know, they're missing Cha now. They might be a bit vulnerable or... You know, maybe Fenno was carrying a few injuries and wasn't at a hundred percent, or you know, TJ did the crew did the knee there one year, and Jesus, it doesn't matter. You know, they just they have so much firepower. They have mo- you know they they have enough they have as much firepower as most counties, you know, and, and as a club side, and it just I, I think I mentioned the last time I was on the longer it goes in the championship, the harder they are to beat. You need to hit them early. You know, that's the time to get them when they get to a county final, like to be able to have the level of hunger that they have. You know, after all they've won. Um, and they just, you know, the experience they have, you know, and they're just, you know, albeit it wasn't a contest in the second half, you know, and I'm sure it was devastating for Dixborough, um, you know, because there's very little you can take from that match, you know, a 21, 21 point drubbing. But you have to sit back and just admire the way that Bally Hill used the ball and he just sprayed it, you know, and, and constantly going for the killer, the killer punch, you know. And Henry gone as well, Brian. I would have thought yeah. that might have been some little bit of an effect, but obviously not. Um, yeah, just, um, you know, from, from the Boroughs' perspective, I think they, they they just, I don't think they performed. They didn't bring the level of intensity, the level of work rate they needed. Uh, Ballyhale boss things, you know, and, uh, you know, even, even you know, we're talking about their forwards. I, th- I thought Joey was immense at fullback and has been immense throughout the championship. Like, he's just, he's so calm. He's so calm. He popped up in the semi-final with a, with a, with a point, you know, from full-back, you know, he, the freedom he's hurling with, he just goes for him and Darren Mullen beside him as well, you know, you know, tons of hurling. But just rock steady, uh, you know, and even in the last couple of minutes of the game, you know, a couple of high balls going in and it was Joey coming out, catching him, coming out, just doing the simple things, you know, and launching another attack. 
thought he was, you know, he was, he was outstanding. Yeah, TJ Reid, obviously, he's just off the charts. The number of men the match awards that he's got in the last three or four years, as I'd say, must be a record at this stage. And yeah, his consistency. Like I was, as we had this argument at home, like in, in, in terms of he's still playing, I know, but he must be rated right up there at the very top now in terms of all the big names in, in Ireland for what he's doing. Yeah. Yeah, and you, you can argue that almost the centre-forward position has become the most critical position for teams in terms of how they set out their, their, their style of play. Yeah. You know, and we mentioned it, I think, the last time I was on. Mm. And I think Henry was asked about it by, by Ricey on, on the TG4. And when you get a guy like, like TJ, you know, who's very unselfish, you know, he can drop out the field and he can, he can, it's within his range to pop balls or the bar from 80 yards. But even apart from that, his vision... He can cut a defence open, you know, from out the field. You just can't allow him out the field and start picking up balls. So then, what do you do? Do you follow him out and leave a gaping, you know, hole in the middle of the fence? Do you, do you, do you sacrifice one of your corner forwards to come out and pick him up, you know, drop a man out? And then you're drawing Ballyhale onto you. We, I've seen that time and time again where you try and play a sweeper against Ballyhale, which is a recipe for disaster because you're just drawing them onto you then. They're too good at hurlers. They, they'll use the ball. They won't lump balls in on top of a sweeper. So, you know, when you've got a guy like TJ there, you know, just pulling the strings is so experienced. It really is, a, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a difficult thing, you know, and you've got a player the caliber of Killian Buckley who, you know, we, we saw in the semi-final and I was at the quarter-final. The Borough launched a lot of their attacks from working the ball out of defence, sharp passing, getting the ball into Killian's hands, and then he's coming out looking up and pinging the balls, you know, on the side, almost like a quarterback. He, he was under so much pressure yesterday in terms of what he needed to do to try and hold TJ and whether, you know, what he, he, you know, he, I suppose, didn't know what he could, could do. And they just avoided him. You know, Ballyhale just, you know, negated his, his influence, you know, brilliantly. And but you said, Brian, he's an, he's an exceptionally intelligent player as well. Yeah. I, I, unfortunately, I've been at the end of a right struggle in Club Hart and Ballyhale as well, right? So you yeah. leave your centre back sit, right? Then you get mm-hmm. somebody to make, pick up TJ Reid, man mark him around the middle of the field. And the next thing, TJ Reid's a corner forward. You're saying, oh, jeez. Yeah. Like, so he does that moving around. He makes it very, very difficult. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and like he dropped out, and you could, it was very obvious in the first 15 minutes, you know, Ballyhale were more than happy to drop bodies into that middle part of the field and make it really congested and, you know, back themselves. And they're physically a big team, you know, they're, they're not afraid to mix it. And when you've got Colin inside on his own, you know, and, and you just have Rio own just floating around as he does, the ball sticks. You know, the first ball that went in there, I think between Colin and Evan Cody, I think it was Evan cleared it, but Colin was on his knees, kind of his hands up to the ref saying, Jesus ref, like, you know, you know, he was hanging out to me. I think it was the next ball or the one after came in, he won it, he took him on, you know, he hung it in the back. Just his power, you know, he was able to muscle. And he, you know, and Evan Cody is no, no slouch. But it's just, when you've got a guy that's that physically strong, and we were talking, we were actually talking about it again, it was part of the conversation in the club, you can't hurl Colin from behind. You nearly just have to back yourself and trust, trust yourself to, to attack the ball from the front. Because if you get into a wrestling match with Colin, there's only one winner. And that was the case there yesterday, you know. They left him inside, and they know that they can deliver the ball in, a, in a, angled balls into the corner. Colin, with the speed he has and the strength, if he, if he doesn't win it cleanly, he'll hold it up and the brigade is coming in, the support brigade is coming in at pace then, you know, so it's, they have it, you know, they have it all. Brian, Brian a new new coach there, James O'Connor, had yeah. big, big boots to fill there. Um, we know James very well down here. Um, he won a county senior with Carrie Tool in 2011. There were 101 outsiders to win it. And last year, we'd have seen him. He was involved with Father O'Neill. He coached him to get to the All-Ireland Club final, beaten in a narrow game against uh, Tullerone. Yeah. And now has won a county in Belly, well, and filling the boots of Henry Shefflin. And come on, I mean, isn't it just incredible? Would you, would you know much about James and how has he gone down in, in, in Belly Hill? Well, 
I don't know a huge amount of James aside of obviously you know his work with Father Niels and he came on the radar for me last year with Tullerone but like you, you hit the nail on the head Mark like to come into a club that's had so much success as Ballyhale you know what do you do like how, how do you you can't go in and reinvent the wheel because whatever they're doing is working you know and I know when Henry came in you know one of the I suppose uh, challenges for him was you know with, with a lot of the younger players was trying to you know, channel, let's say, that, that ability in the right direction. You know, they're, the boys, the South lads, the, the lads down the South boys in Kilkenny are, you know, they're wild, they're wild lads, you know, and uh, <laughs> they, like, they like to enjoy themselves, you know. And, um, you know, I suppose Henry would have had respect straight from the outset, you know, and he would have used the likes of Mick, uh, Mick Fen- you know, Fenno and, and, and TJ and Colin to, 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 to lead from within the group, you know. But right. James, James coming in from outside, you know, probably would have had to, to manage that as well and I'm sure he was you know he would have been you know aware obviously he was aware of the ability and the talent there but you know you have to give him huge credit and I think they did you know they, they referenced this one or two of them in the interview how I think he came in from the outset and said look I'm not trying to change you know reinvent the wheel or change anything I think I can make a few tweaks that can make you potentially even better but you know what you're doing is working and you know he came in and, and was clearly able to connect with the lads which is a huge thing you know made a connection yeah. with them and you know they were hurt they hurled for him you know yeah, I I spoke to him after the semi final game. We we saw the the Jim Stevens game on the television, like and yeah. you know that could have went anywhere. Like and yeah. I just said to him, I said, James, was your heart in your mouth with the last four or five minutes? He said, No. I said, In actual fact, it was the calmest I've ever been. I said, Why is that? Because Mac, I know I've players on the field that have been in this situation many many times before, and it was just a case of getting the opportunity and get the the right people on the ball at any one time. He said. I was never more confident that we'd actually see out the game. I said, James, I was watching television. I had to see see to the stuff or your city of pen stuff, like so. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, but like he, he's a he's a massive, massive pedigree um, already. Like within a senior in in, in Cork with Carry Tool and and last year, yes, I mean, he would have been involved with killer actually. The year we beat um, UCC right. and beat and beat Douglas, so he's a very, very good coach, very smart individual, and yeah. has a great future ahead of him. Yeah, and when, when, you know, as well, when you think about, you know, coming off the back of the All-Ireland, Henry stepping away, Fenno stepping away, you know, big characters, they draw against Tullerone in the first round of the league. They get a bit of a, you know, a good beating off us. Um, I think it was seven or eight points we beat them by. Your first two matches, you know, you're yeah. kind of going, oh, you know. Um, but, you know, no one Bally Hill, they'll never panic. They'll never press the panic. But, you know, but but he was able to, to keep things ticking along, knowing that, you know, it's all about timing. You time this right with the lads, they'll look after the rest of it, you know. And, and he, Yeah. He actually said that to me because I rang him after those two two early matches as well. And I said, James, I said, you must be you must be distraught. I said, you know, all of a sudden the you know, the best team in the country without he said, Yeah, he said, I am, but he said the players and the people in the club said, no, James, don't panic now, don't yeah. panic. We'll be fine, we'll be yeah. fine, James. We'll only really get start to get going now from here on in. That's exactly how it is. And he says, I wouldn't, I, wouldn't like to, I wouldn't like to have you ringing me the Monday or Tuesday after a fucking defeat anyway. <laughs> with the pressure we're talking about Henry Shefflin and things are going bad. And Jesus, TJ, does he be ringing you there? You're winning all your matches anyway. You're lucky. Lucky at the moment today. Yeah. We'll be ringing him next. I hope he won't be ringing him next Monday morning, Della. We'll get him. We'll get him. He's pro- look at, He's promised us 20 minutes next next Monday morning. <laughs> we'll lose or draw. But Kogi, one other thing and a yeah. couple of other little things, right? The borough completely misfiring, I suppose. Yeah. First point from play at 33rd minute. Three subs on by half time, yeah. three of the forwards gone. Um, and 
possibly their man of the match, Darrow Holohan inside and goal, who conceded five goals. There could have been four more goals scored only for him, like. Oh, look, completely. I mean, like, I think two of the starting forwards scored. You know, Shane Stapleton yeah. scored and there were seven frees. And I think Bill Sheen was the only one that scored from play. Um, Evan Carroll, who was a back, got the point. And Andrew Gaffney, who came on as a sub, got 1-1. One, one. So, 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 you know, when you compare that to Ballyhill and the spread of scores that they had, you know, in terms of 10 players, two years starting forward scoring. They just, and, and I, you know, I suppose one of the strengths for them all, all year was their half-forward line and the athleticism they had and that direct running style, which I thought could potentially cause Ballyhill a bit of trouble, you know. Um, but they never, obviously the, the loss of Aidan Nolan was, was huge for them. You know, he was, he, you know, He's great, he's a super player. Um, but he's just Ballyhill just, you know, sucked them up, you know, or were, were more than happy to 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 you know eat them up and and, and create they created that kind of congested that whole middle third of the field. So there was never an opportunity for for the borough to get a, a bit of ahead of steam and get and run at them. You know, just they really made it got bodies around, really made it a dog fight, and they won more dirty ball, were more than happy to go into the trenches, as they say. And the borough just, you know, the borough just didn't bring that kind of, you know, you compare it to the village, you know, the village, uh, James Stevens in the semi-final, the level of work rate, the level of intensity that they brought, they were able to cause Valley Hill some problems, you know, whereas the borough never, never brought that to the table, you know, and if you have any chance at all against Valley Hill, you really need to make it, you know, um, uncomfortable for them and, you know, dogfight and, and run at them, you know, and it never happened. Yeah, I- I think probably that helped Bally here as well, though, that, that, that the village did that oh, to them as well. And absolutely, I think, absolutely. I th- yeah, I think that's the way it might go on Cork as well, with Glen Rovers getting a little mm. kick in the arse Saturday night. Like, you know, that they, they'll come out now fired up out of their heads, like, yeah. to, to win it. And uh, come here, the only last thing, Hoggy, on it, and you seem to be getting them all the ducks back in a row in terms of the county team now with Adrian Mullen coming on. But come here, the ominous thing for Club Hurling down there is now. They don't have to face into a Leinster and All Ireland club campaign like mm-hmm. they've. They probably have six months off now or more to freshen up the bodies again. Like so. Yeah, well, the only the only thing I'm hoping now is TJ mentioned the COVID stone is maybe the the post COVID stone is maybe they, they they enjoy it too much over the winter. Maybe come back and give the rest <laughs> of the clubs a chance, but it's unlikely. Like Mark has mentioned it, like they 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 they, they only target one thing, you know, um, and that and they and they're able to do it. You know, most clubs sides look to build up a momentum and steam and you know and try and build up through the league. These boys, if they get to a league final, well and good, but it's it's all about championship. It's all and, and, and beyond, you know, and they're able to yeah. do it, you know. So, uh, yeah, it's, you know, it is. But look, that's next year. We, there's a lot can happen between now and then, you know. Yeah, and we've, and we've spoken a lot on the show about the split season and, and, and there is a kind of a view swinging around out there now, TJ, that maybe, maybe it'd be better go with the club early. But I'd say if they do go to split season next year, they'd go into county first, for next year, like that, they wouldn't maybe take that nuclear option for next year, like because we don't know what we're going to get with this winter All Ireland yet. Like, I mean, you could be going up to the Ireland semi-finals if you're lucky enough to be there or do you know doing some bit of commentary or whatever we're doing, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, and it could be minus four, like you know, and so there might be an element of let's let's go county first, lads, but. Maybe let's have it finished by the 31st of July or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That seems to be the way, and that's the sound bites that we're getting. And I suppose, look, we've, we've had them before with the club championship. This has been a massive success for the players, and there was spent time with their club. But I was going to say, where does a club championship for the, the clubs in fit in there? Is that the back end of that? Is it, are, are they going to try and get oh. it all punched into one year? The last five months. The last five months of the year, then in, like, in, August, in, August, September, October, November. All the way to our Ireland club, Mark? Yeah, I'd say so. I'd say so, yeah. I'd say the way they're thinking is... All Ireland hurling final maybe 
second last Sunday in July, football final following week, and then you're into your club and you're running your club straight through. Uh, you know the way last year, sure they brought it down, as you know yourself, brought it down to the end of January. So Yeah, yeah. Well, whichever way it goes, it's definitely the way forward. Like, there's no doubt from my talking to people all around different counties is they want this. They want the club season to be condensed. They want to run off together. They want to focus on it. You've got matches every one, two or three weeks, whatever. That's what people want. And I think that that's the future. And that's what I think even as a manager or a coach, you've been involved in a team, like kind of condensing it down to a six or seven month period rather than having it drawn out all year or trying to play a match in April and get it going again in August and trying to play a club final in November. It's madness. Like. Yeah. I, I, I spoke with um, Dale. I spoke with Ron Cadigan over the weekend. He was... Um, he was walking around Kill, actually. He's living in Kill at the moment. And um, I said to him, Owen, how did you find the club championship this year? He said, for the first time in a decade, he said, I really love the club championship. He said, a couple of things he said was, you're back with your teammates uh, on a full-time basis and have no inter-county manager dragging out of you. That was the first thing. The second thing was that um, he said, instead of, you know, waltzing in a week after an inter-county game, coming to play a club championship match, and then players looking at him saying, oh, geez, here's my man back now after three months away, and he's calling the shots inside the dressing room. He's like, the club, in fairness to the club for the playing inter-county, they do feel that. And he said, going forward, he said, it has to be a split season. But he was thrilled that he could give a massive commitment to his club, and we've got to listen to the players. This is going to have to happen sooner that's the general consensus and Delo I think there would have been a question mark certainly on a lot of people as to could a club championship deliver the quality the entertainment for the general view out there and I think that has been emphatically answered that definitely it is there yeah yes. I'll go back to Owen Cadigan's point and no one can disagree that that, that, that has been a success so just on the other side of that Mark I can remember coming back to Clarecastle dressing rooms <laughs> And saying the stadium, like, and I after doing a heavy week, maybe after Claire losing, like, I said, did you do any bit of training for the winter? Like, it <laughs> <laughs> wasn't always coming back in doing the doing the big the big chaw on it. Like, it was yeah. more of a case of of, of uh, lads. Like, you know what I mean, is it knockout this year or is it a league basis? Because we could do it on a league basis with the stadium, something like. <laughs> yeah, 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 you know, yeah. So look, I think. Look, TJ, uh, Belly Hill have set the bar with the three in a row um, and uh, you scraped over the line yesterday. Now the Turlock Moor crowd will be saying that you rang me this morning to tee it up like, but you, you got there. We did. The dream is still alive. Um, so back in the third final. Yeah, look, I suppose first of all, I have to give plenty of credit to Capitagal and this isn't uh, just feeling that you think it's coming down the track here the yellow. They have lost. It is, it is, just to clarify no, this now. It is. It is. <laughs> they're, they're just an incredible, incredible team. I've watched them over the last two or three years. Believe it or not, for people who don't know, Capitagal, small area, little, very, very, very little, very small place to, to pick a team from. They've been beaten in the last four semi finals now by a cumulative total of six points, lost three of them by the bare minimum, which is very, very hard to take. And our team has never been in the final before. So the hunger and drive and the work rate from those guys was just made it very difficult life for us. Like they obviously James Scahill will be their marquee player and maybe Damien Joyce for a couple of years ago. The Mannions are very good. There's one of them there, Jay Mannion, on the Gallup panel now and says a name that you could hear of maybe at the back end of the year. Alan Dwan and Dan Nevin. So they, they're a very strong team. They made life very difficult for us in the second quarter and they dominated. We had a reasonably good start. We got one three. But after that, we struggled for a while and I credit them with that. But I suppose like you said about the Glen, like Bell Hale before, we've got over the line, we are where we want to be and look, I suppose I would be out of philosophy all the time the semi-finals are for winning. 
Oh yeah, for sure. Look, and, and but TJ, can I just ask you? Just trying to follow it and read about it this morning, and the examiner a nice piece about it this morning. But um, did they brought up James Gehl when they were a goal down, looking for a goal? Obviously, you're not bringing up your goalie to tap over a pint like. Now he blazed it and it went over. Yeah. Well, um, but did it look like they had to get a goal at that stage, where maybe if they well, they, 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 hammer, they might have. Yeah, it was a split decision. They got the point, obviously, from the free, right? So they had a free just outside the 21 where they stole two or three yards and they made it just a 21-yard free, right? <laughs> How do you never allow that happen? <laughs> I don't know. But there, there was a little bit of indecision for them. Some people wanted it. But eventually, he, he took it. There were three points down. And let's say the 60 was nearly up. But there was still five minutes. As we all know now, they go into 65, 66 minutes. So he ended up, like, he's got a very powerful shot. to big man, so... It wasn't on target. It just blazed over the bar and brought it back to two. And I said shortly after that, they probably took a minute or a minute and a half out of the game and kind of slowed things down. Then they got the next score and brought it back to one. And you know, then it was kind of a, a very, very tight finish. We kind of made a little bit of a hams at the last puck out, which gave them an opportunity from the sideline. And in fairness to to him, and then he had a brilliant shot, which looked like I was on the line of it. Looked like he was on target for a minute, just tailed at the very end and ball wide and game over. So yeah, like. I suppose from their point of view, they probably felt at that stage, it's one of those master strokes they'll bring a goalie up, gets a goal. Do you mean they would have been really in the driving seat with a couple of minutes to play, but they made the decision. But they, they still got a score out of it, which obviously kept them in the game. Yeah, I think it was Dan Nevin scored a line ball and had, I think, Kevin, Kevin Lally was interviewed, your, your manager there, and he, he yeah. just said he went over to him after the game in Autis. Um, you, you'd probably be favourites, TJ. I know, in fairness, uh, Torlockmore have been, you know, talked up for a lot with with their underage success and this is coming and they have, uh, you know, nearly two senior teams up there. They're a bit like Kiladangan maybe or, you know, we spoke about Black Rock as well, the same situation. Um, so it's very much, I, I'd say, without giving you license now to be talking yourselves down, it is 50-50 going into it. I think most people would feel that. Yeah, without a doubt. I would imagine it to be recognised even with the bookies um, before the week is out. Very strong team. Obviously, Dahi Burke will be their leader. He plays in the middle of the field for them as opposed to fullback. They've run and broken fullback. Jamie Holland, it's Loftus's, Sean Linan, Walsh's. They, they have plenty of players. I think they probably have five or six players in the dollar panel at the moment. So, irrespective of what I say, they are a formidable outfit. We had a very, very tough battle in the semi final last year. We knew they were coming down the track. So, I'd say the general consensus in Galway Delhi would be that the two best teams are in the final. Like, that's, that's the general consensus. So, all to play for. One week turnaround for us. We came off a three week break. Look, I'm hoping a bit like that horse getting that nice little run that will improve for us, a bit like the Glen. But let's see what happens. Tough battle coming down the track. As regards next Monday morning for the 20 minutes, if you get me, I'll give you the 20. No problem. <laughs> we, I'll get, I'll, I'll, I'll make a few phone calls uh, up around uh, South Galway. <laughs> see where you're staying next Sunday night, and we we get you up to some, we get you tap one somewhere or something like that. You could be having a you could be having a cold pint bottle of cider in front of you. Okay, and, uh, talk away to us. We won't mind that. Will we, Larry? We won't mind that. No, no. no. Once, once, he, once he doesn't wear the Liverpool hat, Dela, if that Liverpool hat comes on, forget about it. No, oh, he'd be blown red. He'd be blown red next I, week. Still, in case I forget to say it, it's Poros in the last man standing here at work the weekend again. Ah, uh, uh, poor old Jose. Yeah, yeah, there's no poor old Jaws about it. They play brilliant. They did actually. This, 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 <laughs> like if, if we bring VAR into Hurling, into Hurling, Hurling 
They can freaking can, cancel this podcast anyway. And Brian Morgan, you you never have won nothing, Brian, if he if it's VAR. You know, God bless. God bless Hawkeye. That's all I'll say. Yeah, he actually started it. Nick Quinn started it. Say it, my bacon. Four bubbles, bubbles, and Hawkeye. Yeah, lads, and you know, reg, regular. Well, look, TJ, we can only be, wish you the best of luck on behalf of the podcast crew here um, for for next Sunday. Um, you're, de- you're delighted you won't be out in the wind and rain in, in Pierce Stadium. You're promised a heat wave for Athenry. Yeah, the final is fixed for Athenry next Sunday, which is great. I, I, I think Athenry is a brilliant venue for hurling games. Unfortunately, this year with no fans, but over the last couple of years, some of the great occasions have been there. Just before we leave Galway, just maybe a hat tip to Cara Finn. I know I've oh, yeah. been, been a... <laughs> Maybe not a supporter of football in, in, in this podcast in the past, but they got beaten for the first time in the weekend since 2012 in Galway, which is just a phenomenal achievement. Uh, so, I mean, they were going for one of their, their fourth or Ireland club final in a row. Just been a phenomenal team, I suppose. That was the big story or the big news in Galway the weekend. Yeah, unbelievable. Hats off to them. They're, they're, they're some club. Uh, and I, you know, one of the things I read last week was the Parik Joyce's after bringing Gary Sice back onto the Galway yeah. football panel. And I, I thought that's a great act of management. I said, you know, if the guy is, is good enough, he's fresh enough, yeah. it's a short run in, you know, if you're a couple and, of National League games and you're into the kind of championship, you know. And, and, and one thing that's in Bernard Brogan's book at the moment, uh, Dale, is he, he's a quarter of the same to Jim Gavin, don't judge me by my birth cert. Oh. I thought it was a great statement. Yeah, but probably the one Galway mightn't be floating with, with Dean Rocks and, 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 and fellas <laughs> yeah, uh, like that, you know. Um, <laughs> he's, he, yeah, okay, but uh, Bernard didn't do too bad out of it either, I suppose. Um, <laughs> okay, TJ, uh, we'll get you so for 20 minutes Monday. Um, hats off, lads, to our men, a man like Brian that joins us regularly, Ken, Ken Hogan. Lads, is there any wily old fox around like, like Hogan? Everyone fancying this ball team that destroyed Cool Derry, that destroyed Shinron and Rhinas didn't do panic. I saw an interview with uh, Johnny Dooley last night, who was obviously maybe doing co commentary. And like, awfully, Hurland has fallen off a cliff in lots of ways, Brian. But their club's, club standard is still r- really competitive every year and good. Like, and uh, like, geez, Ken has some record, like, and now they've kicked Karma Kalahi back again as well. And they have been maybe the last five or six years a team that have, have been done the most damage. So huge finals to look forward to there. Yeah, look, I mean, I suppose the, the launch I've had for any kind of future success for Offaly, you know, it needs to be a competitive club championship. And obviously they have a great history there with Rhinas and Burr and, you know, Kalahi or, you know, in the more recent past, you know. Um, but, you know, and I suppose being clo- relatively close neighbours of ours, we would have always, you know, played the, the various teams in challenges and Aidan Fogarty, who's a, a St. Ryan is great and awfully great is, you know, he- has been heavily involved in our club for the last 20, yeah. 20 plus years and being a coach of mine. And so we would have always ventured down there, you know, or they'd come up. Actually, I think Ken was only up there. It was the last year with Ryan and played us in a challenge. And so, yeah, yeah I mean, they're at club level, they're always competitive, you know. Um, okay, it might have dipped from the highs of maybe 10 years ago, you know, or, or, or before with, with like that great Burr team. But um it's, it's great to see, you know, those kind of teams. It was great to see Kalahi come back a couple of years ago and be competitive. And they, and they put Ballyhale to the pin of their collar there one of the years, you know. And, you know, you need, they need that. You know, I think I think Offaly Hurling, you know, in general needs that, kind of, you know, as much as any county, I suppose, a good competitive local championship. And it really kind of is a good launch to have, particularly this year, with a short season. You know, it, 
it's good, great preparation, you know, and it, it, it's, you know, it's a great lead in for, for the inter-county side. And uh, yeah, actually, look, obviously Ken, you know, and his pedigree, you know, it's, it's, you know, I suppose it's only a stone's throw from, from his home place, you know, Laura there to, 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 you know, to Intoffley and, uh, you know, kudos, it's great to see him, you know, kind of still, I suppose, um, you know, imparting the, the wisdom, you know, in, 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 in Offaly. Yeah, I was just saying to Larry uh, last night there that obviously he can go over to celebrate or uh, with the Kildangan boys or to do the Drown the Sorrows with uh, his own lads on, on losing mm-hmm. the Seamus O'Reen final last week, Mark. He, he focused totally on the job at hand for the following weekend. Kin, Kin is, he's, looking, he's looking better now than when he was in goal. And that's no reflection on his goalkeeping now. <laughs> I, I, that was some victory now and I think I was talking to Brian Whelan on another matter a couple of, a couple of weeks ago and I think they were in the final last year and they were disgusted to get beaten and I said look the offence is we said, we'd be hoping that we'd learn a bit from last year's final and that we'd be a little bit better but he did point out that Ken Hogan would do, was doing a massive job at St. Rhinos and that he, look he said it probably is a 50-50 game with Rhinos would be very, very hard to beat. And I'd say they'll be disgusted that they're not in the, back into the final this year. Yeah, that's two weeks' time. I think very much one. A 50-51 again, like maybe Galway. And let's leave the best last this week. Um, obviously, the Clare Championship, like you've produced the most Munster Club winners in the last 20 years <laughs> and all that, you know. Um, you know like, so look... Nobody, nobody, Davy. <laughs> oh my! Yep, look at Davy myself. When we played together, we we played two All Irelands together. We won the two of them. So that I didn't lose any with Davy behind me. Like you know, we made our debut together. And I tell you one thing: he has some connection of stuff. One lads, at this unbelievable. Stage. unbelievable, You know, yeah. you could talk about Brian Cody and a senior All Irelands, and that is obviously where you're judged ultimately. But by Jays between Fitzgibbons. Club yeah. championships, yeah. Leinster's, yeah. All Ireland's with Clare, National Leagues with Clare. Yeah, Monster Championships with, you know, Waterford. with Waterford, Wexford, Clare. Phenomenal. He's, he's unbelievable. He's been and, every, and, every, and, everywhere he's gone, yeah. Yeah, he's been usually successful in fairness to him, like, and, and he adds a bit of spice as well. That's the idea as well, Dale, like he does. He really uh, yeah. brings a bit of spice to the game, which is really lovely to see. Yeah, like, look, to tell you the truth, like, I, I covered the Limerick final there uh, last week and I suppose the clear final wasn't much better in terms of the game. It went, if you were to write a, you know, if I had to write a piece, prediction piece for it Saturday, I'd probably have got, I'd probably have said the bridge five or six. And, you know, that's the way it kind of, you know, turned out maybe eight, but it kind of went along and they still didn't get a goal. Incredible. They still set up sort of yeah. really solid with Cam and Maury as a kind of nearly a fourth full backline player and, and, but then that alone, Shane Amori, the speedster, the cornerback for Clare, but all, playing wing back, like, like he got inside the O'Callaghan's Mills uh, half back line three times on runs of overlaps. And we've seen that as a trade with Wexford in the last couple of years as well, haven't we? With the Wexford wing forwards, bombing forward, or wing backs bombing forward, and, and Bridge very much playing that game. And it bought in. Players don't care, lads. You know, if they're winning, you know, and, and the big thing for me then is the, like the Mills just didn't have that quality of strike or a Cahill Malone county player, four from play, Jamie Shanahan county player, two from play. Uh, they played Alex Morris, their free taker. He's a dead eye dick free taker. Alan Mulready, Connor Farr, Brian Curry, two each from play. You know, so they just didn't have the spread of scores and they were down six at halftime. And after half time, they brought it back to three, but they missed two frees, 30 yards out. And I'd say 
25 yards out. No, the 25 yards out being at an angle. And when you're an underdog like that, you need instead of having it back to that point coming up to the water break, the bridge went down and clipped over two to have five in it at the water break. And uh, just to touch on, you know, and I'm going to write actually a piece on it now, a bit of work to do now on it for, for tomorrow. Um, just the weird, like our own county final. I didn't find it so weird last week, TJ, going to the Limerick one because well, it's not my own final. I was doing a job. I was going in, doing it for the day. I just went up and did my job. But going into Cusick Park yesterday, the whole thing of leaving home, nearly planning maybe that you wouldn't be in a rush home afterwards, that you'd stroll up to the Diamond or Kieran Browns and you'd, you'd meet a few of the clear boys from the 90s. And everyone goes to the county final, like. And yeah. that was all gone yesterday. Even leaving home, like, RTE had me told to be in there at half two. I got into the car about 20 to two and even... My youngest girl, Luna, said to me, are you cutting it a bit tight? She said, there be no one there. There was no problem. No driving. No, yeah. and like, just the whole weirdness. I remember my first county final, like, running out in 89, my first one on the team. So the whole buzz of 10,000 in Cusick Park and you know how much noise 10,000 can make in a, yeah. a venue like that as well. Like, and just the difference in the whole thing is, is, is just part of what we had to live with this year. But, Huge credit to the boards around the country, lads. The, the show they put on. I mean, we had a 78 page, I have it here in front of me, county final program. I'd say which will act as a bit of a clear yearbook now as well because it covered the football final, which was Saturday, the intermediate football final, which was earlier yesterday, and the minor A hurling final, which was Saturday. So, But it also covered a multitude of other stuff. Do you know, um, loads of stuff because we didn't get any bit of an old clap in the back for the 25-year team. Uh, in yep. 95 oh, uh, yeah oh. Oh, I guess I get on TJ 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 do you want me to add insult injury yeah do you know who's coming out next year 96 it's Wexford TJ it's not Limerick I didn't I know, know that. You, okay. I, knew, I knew you might take the base on the earlier bit, but I know, no, I, in I, fairness, and they didn't, no, there was no big pile of shite wrote about it. In fairness of Michael O'Connor, PRO, magnificent job. Do you know what he did? He just did a whole series of pictures, and there were pictures of supporters even, you know, with the stupid Viking hats on them, and it was lovely, just a two-page spread on what it meant, I suppose. Uh, at the time at the to the whole yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and like look, there's been enough written about it and enough and there's been enough books written and all the rest like you know and, and uh, probably more to come you know but yeah I, I just have to say I found it very strange but I have to say hats off uh, hard luck to Callahan's Mills I suppose um, they're really you know too mad to knock out Bellier in the semi-final I suppose now look did it take a lot out of them do you think well, look, they knocked out the two teams I sort of fancied. I'm the Kilnamona as my long shots at the start of the year, LA or yeah. BlackRock, maybe. Yeah. And, and Bellier yeah. as my team with the Kellys, the Jack Browns, the Paul Flanagan's, the, you know, like the, the, the Harden Clare guys, you know, yeah. uh, Nile DC. Um, you know, like, they had the they they would they have put it up to Six Mile Bridge a bit more, do you think? Yeah, and, uh, and it's very hard to take away from the Mills getting there, then, you know. But definitely, I suppose, would be in the final. A lot of people... Now, the Mills didn't win it since 37. So, for that reason, we'd have... And they won the Junior A for the first time in years. 
the previous week, so everyone thought maybe there's something. Mm. Oh, but you know what? This bridge team under under Davy don't do romantic stories like they just yeah. like. Fellas were saying to me during the week, is it the Mills year? And I said, no, they'll grind them down. And <laughs> they just they, they met to the play and look for them to do back-to-back for the third time. And like no one has done back-to-back in, in, in almost 10 years since Cushine and Clare. That's how kind of... It's different in Limerick, TJ, if you know what I mean, about the big four in Limerick. Yeah. Kind of anyone can win it in Clare, but they mightn't all be as good as the big four in Limerick. Do you know what I mean? Um, it's very awkward do, in that sense. Yeah, you see, that to give a six mile bridge a huge amount of credit because it takes huge. a fair bit of ambition and drive to go back. Because, like, in the second year, you're the team to beat, everyone is like really raising their game. That's their county final to be due. And like, you have to give them a lot of credit for that. And actually, last week, Dello, I forgot to give a mention to Belly Brown in Limerick, who have put minor titles back to back again, which is a phenomenal achievement. It augurs very well for your underage setup to say you can go and win minor titles. And obviously, augurs very well for the future that you have two minor teams now to call on. So I forgot to mention them last week. So well done to Bay Brown. Obviously, a lot of things right. But to go back to Davy and Six Mile Bridge, I don't know why they didn't. Like, I was reading about it was every two years since whatever 2013 or something that they had won counties and that they had obviously failed to do the, the back-to-back. But credit to them this time around. It takes a fair bit of ambition and drive for the players to come out and then just, just kind of retain the trophy. Yeah, for a club that won their first one in 77, TJ, to hit their, Jesus, was it the 14th or 15th yesterday? Like, this, this fair shooting now from that, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. like we won our first in 43 and we're still a nice bit behind them at this stage. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. Having, having been a good bit ahead of them by the mid-90s, you know, they, they've, they've just rattled on. And again, lads, you were on about Belly Brown there, TJ. They're underage set up like this yeah. year. They were about the fourth favourites, I'd say, for the under-14A which you like your premier 14. Michael Holler over the team, cornerback for us 95. His young fella centre back, they came out and won it and came from behind, forced extra time against Lineke in the Mona and won it. And, and that's, that's what it's all about, lads, isn't it? You can't. Well, you have you to, in, in order to have some kind of long term success, there has to be a platform there that you have players coming through year on year. It won't just die, it won't just automatically happen. So that, like, that's probably obvious at this stage. And in the last week, Anthony as well, and and the um, and like just just to go through this live streaming again, just to, to to reiterate how important it is and how popular it has become. Um, Sars played Saint Finbars in the minor Premier One final last Wednesday night. Twelve thousand people watched the match live, and one in Clare, and one in Clare, and one one down here in East Cork, <laughs> and one in San Francisco, because uh, I, yeah. I was talking to. To Brian Hurley, the manager of the team who's been involved with Cork, and a one man in the background, Jimmy Barry Murphy, back with the Bears Miners. Yeah. Uh, they won three in a row back 30 years ago, and Jimmy was involved then. But like they, sh- they put on a massive, massive show. But again, and a young, a young, a young Cunningham shooting the lights out in the forwards. George Youngfellow was absolutely brilliant, and Niall Cahillan, Youngfellow Jack Cahillan, held scoreless in the first half, came up with two-two in the second yeah. half. And, and to add, add another bit of intrigue, St. Finbars are playing Town in the football quarterfinal this Wednesday. And the winners, it would look like the Bears will probably win it. They're playing Castlehaven in the semi-final. Oh, possibly. And the Cahillans, who play hurling with Black Rock, or sorry, with, with the Bears, are playing football with Castlehaven. There's one for you. Jeez, you've so many anomalies down there, but I tell you, it's just, uh, there's no man. next year, Dela. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, just a matter of interest there, I suppose, when I was, you know, 
back a young lad, I remember watching your heyday, I suppose, to Clare Castle's Six Mile Bridge, the Wolf Tones, going on up to Crow Park, winning Club All Ireland's. Or hair but, day. A hair day. Oh, no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's, what's, what's the difference? What has Six Mile Bridge done that they're, they, since then they've consistently been adding county titles, you know, whereas maybe it yeah, hasn't been the case with the other. No, like in Dora Bearfield now, beat, well beaten in the intermediate semi-final yeah. and you know, they were a team that won three out of four years at the turn of the, yeah, the, yeah. the, the century. And... Um, yeah, and obviously, Johnny Max, Jamesies, and Ali's, and these guys don't yeah, grow on trees. Yeah, and yeah. Um, with ourselves, for me, it's been okay. We had a, we won an 05, so you'd have been happy kind of 03, 05, you'd have said, and we were in for a bit of a lean spell. But, you know, we started getting to minor finals again around 12. And we've been in six or seven minor A finals, like that'll right. be premier minor, like in other countries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're just struggling to bring them through, like, you know, and I, I don't know where we're falling down. I mean, I got involved myself in the 21s, and we're only hoping that it'll be played. It wasn't one of the competitions down to be played because of the mm. priorities, obviously, with getting X amount of competition. But we're hoping now that 16 and 21, with obviously with the inter county minor and 20s. That, that's a major factor whether they'll get to go ahead like if Clare go on a bit of a run in either two laws we could be shoved out but if they don't they'll be played so we'd be hoping we'd a lot of work done with 21 but we'd have no guarantees of Glen Kinmele and that'd be they'd be favourites to win that but yeah it's hard to put your finger on it Brian um, Wolf Tones would have fallen away as well but again yeah. the two Lohans like just were you had Frank Sinter and Brian Full yeah, I mean, yeah, I remember. Jesus it was, it was a long way going and they had other really good players in Sean Powers and the O'Rourke's and fellas like Paul Lee and fellas, you know, they had really, really good players around the place. I'd probably left out great ones. You know, so I suppose look, the bridge are the one crowd that are nearly obsessive about their underage, right from the get-go. Like I remember like when I was training in Clare, this I'll tell this quickly, Brian now, and I, I'm not pointing fingers at anyone Clare now, right? But when I was training Clare, we 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 actually when I was involved I think with the Limerick my no I was trying to clear but we it was a all weather pitch in UL not the one they had at the moment the first all weather pitch they put in there uh, they had that Claire had that booked out for kind of two hours on a Saturday morning and we never really used the full two hours as you wouldn't because we used to go over off the Astro maybe after an hour yeah. and 20 minutes hurling and we'd go over into the hills then on the dunes around the running track and go running and that. And as soon as we were coming off the field, there was this bunch of under eights or nines or sixes even coming on with a Sean Stack or someone like that or, a, you know, a Michael Hollern or Christy Chaplin coming on, knowing they might get 40 minutes out of the clear time. Now, I don't know who tipped them off about that. I won't <laughs> point any fingers. Clarecastle didn't know about it. Like, but, you know, like, look, you have to yeah, take your hat yeah. off to them. That they're, and there's no football. Mm. No Cracklow beside them. They were beaten in the football final Saturday. They could, like, could Cracklow have three or four hurling now if they mm. hadn't football? Could they have three or four, four football if they hadn't hurling? But there's no football in the bridge. As Gilly said when he brought back the cup there three or four years ago, this is hurling country. And you have to admire them. You know, mm. you, you really have to admire them. Look at everybody knows there was a dispute with Davy when he finished up with Clare. Tim Crow was a Clare selector. They have come back together now under Paddy Meehan, who was a great chairman for them, and he's a selector. And they're working together now. Tim is the manager, Davy's the coach. That's the type of club grudges are left behind mm. for the sake of the bridge. 
and that's where I give them the massive, massive credit this morning right. that they absolutely deserve, you know. So, so as usual, lads, we've probably gone overtime, super stuff. Lads, one thing I just wanted to throw at you, right? And we're in for an awful interesting time ahead, obviously, like, you know. How do you see, like, the 30... Is there something to be said for the 30-minute halves? Because these water breaks are here to stay with this, this pandemic. And as, as Ken rightly said last week, I suppose, the inter-county is hanging by a thread. And we saw the numbers again last night. And college, like, we dropped one lady to Cork yesterday. The Mammy was enlisted to that. And I dropped another lady back to Mary I yesterday evening. And, like, there was a Wexford girl in the house. There was a Kerry girl in the house. You know, so... Who knows what's going to come with colleges going back? I know, I know it's limited time in the colleges and obviously one girl is going to Cork at first year so they're trying to look after the first years I suppose and show them around and things but like we are hanging by a thread but like with the water breaks and everything are we going to see like 94, 95 minutes inter-county yeah. matches? That's Definitely there for me. It's, yeah. I think it's massive TJ. It's huge and I think what we're going to see coming down the track here is an awful lot of I'd say tactical stuff coming from the likes yeah. of Davey, whether it is or John Kiley and Kinnerk and Limerick yeah. or the other managers, right? Like, I take us yesterday with a very good opening quarter, then we went to the water break and we had a shock in second quarter, right? So, does that interrupt there? Like, let's say an inter-county team here, like so many games here with Claire and Galway, remember Galway got a great start, right? Like, when you get the guys to the water break, what are you going to do? You're going to elongate that break as long as possible. You're going to try and throw in something there. So very fair point, Dale. Very fair. I would say that you're looking, you're looking at like yesterday again. Our second half was 37 minutes. Right, the water break was probably quickish enough in the second half, but they do tend to run into 36, 37 minutes. So are you looking at now with 35 minutes? Are you looking at 42, 43 minutes? Yeah, I know, I know, and I know there was 80 minute finals before. But Hoagie, we saw an Antrim semi final. The ref played 41 minutes in the second half to yeah. get extra time. <laughs> To murder yeah. them all together, like, yeah. for another 20 minutes. <laughs> it's, inter- it's interesting you mentioned Antrim because I was talking to a, a colleague of mine who's based up in Belfast and his young lads are kicking football in the city and he was at a match and to touch on TJ's point about the whole tactical element because it's not supposed to be a tactical element. It's purely supposed to be a break for a water, water. and back in. And, and you can see the club sides, they're, they're, even the borough, the other, um, they were walking back in the pitch and the manager was back pacing with them, giving them instructions as they were going into positions and in the county level, it's only going to go on another level. The ref in the, in the club match, I think it was, a, it was a minor under 16, said to him before the match, lads, it's a minute for water break, and I'm throwing the ball in, and that's it. There's to be no instructions. And one of the teams was late on the field, and he threw the ball up. Goal. Goal. And the yeah. ref was working. He said, I told you, it's not meant to be. So, you know, how, so how hard do you want to play? The, but, you know, stri- strictly speaking, it's supposed to be, you know, for, for, for water break and not for, you know, it's not a half time. It's not a, you know, to be imparting tactical decisions and movements on. So and, we will end up in a situation with 80 minute matches, you know, and this kind of thing. If, if it's. And add in, add in their 85, it's 85, you could be looking. But then add in that all these games are finished on the day with the possible 85 plus yeah. extra time. Yeah. So it's just said, yeah, bring the flask and the sandwiches, Dale, we know we, the we, we, we could be like Matt Lenders trying to come home from Dundalk. It could be midnight. <laughs> <laughs> Get away, well, I, Queen. I, I, I had the 80-minute situation uh, over the weekend with BlackRock and UCC. And the, the fitness levels of the players was phenomenal. The, 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 ten, the intensity probably dropped a little bit, but not a whole pile now at the same time. And Anthony, I'll be straight with you. I think going forward, I think the GA should be looking at four quarters now and make it official. Because I think there's a huge amount of time and effort going in from the management. And I do think they should give a three-minute break at the quarter and give it a time to get your fluids in and get a few instructions in. 
and give it three minutes and start away because um, the time that's going in on the management side and like if you have the two halves we'd say heretofore you only get one chance to say something to the lads at half time and then the whole thing is, is gone for, and, and your whole year is over and it goes out and like soccer is played over 90 minutes rugby is played over 80 minutes there's no reason why the GLS can't go back up to 80 minutes in my opinion yeah. They don't have to go to work the following day now, in fairness. Paul O'Connell made the point about the Limerick hurlers. As I said, you were over him, TJ, and he said there was some of them in the gym the following morning, like trying to get recovery in before work, and he was going to a yoga session, like, <laughs> you know, and like, we, we, it's very hard. I kind of agree with you, maybe the four quarters to stay, but I think then we have to look at maybe seven or eight subs being allowed. Right, okay. Yeah. Dino, one question I was going to ask you was, do you know what the thinking behind not stopping the clock on that water break was? What was their theory? Was it was going to be swift? Because it was a strange call to let the clock run away. So that was kind of allowing teams to kind of say, okay, let it run down there for another minute or two and it goes to two or three minutes. You would imagine it would have been a straightforward decision for the referee to say, stop the clock, then restart. What was the thinking behind yeah. that? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not privy to those ones, TJ. And that would make sense, actually, what you're saying. And, and I suppose, look, to be fair to them, on the year that's in it, I suppose they're trying to learn on their feet. And maybe if yeah, this is a thing true. going forward, they will look at that. But on the coaching thing, and I, I was on about maybe because of the crowd yesterday, and I probably mentioned it in the piece tomorrow, that Joanne Kentwell nearly asked, asked me off air, had I sore throat or anything? Because I was kind of whispering. She thought, so I was talking low, but I was so conscious that the Six Mile Bridge subs and management could nearly hear me. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, such was the lack of atmosphere. And, and, and it's, that's the, but you know, there's no doubt, as we said it, like about the cute managers and you brought up, Brian, about the ref having the Liharodi to throw it in. But the mills were out after the first water break and Davy. backs, backs, he said, get back here. And the backs were half as to the police. And he ran out to them. Yeah. A quick word with the six packs about what something that he had forgotten maybe to get in during the 90 seconds, and uh, but they got away with it anyway. There was no ball thrown in, but uh, yeah, I, I, I nearly be the, the opposite. I mean, I haven't, I suppose, thought, given it a huge amount of thought, but it, you know, I said you go the opposite way to Mark in terms of I think it takes away from the flow of the match that where you're breaking it every 15 minutes, and part of the, the thing I used to enjoy was thinking the match, you know, like you're thinking it out as you go and players figuring out you know, what's happening in front of your eyes. And if you're, if you're breaking every 15 minutes, I feel, okay, it gives more onus or more control, certainly to the management to tweak things, you know, because it's very difficult, particularly in Crow Park, to make any changes until you get lads in at half time. But I don't know, I just, uh, you know, I think the, the match develops a bit of a flow. Uh, maybe that's just what I'm used to, you know, and I just feel a 15-minute break. I'm like, oh, God, we had a break already. Things are just getting going. And But I, I think, Brian, did that, that can go for you or go, or go yeah, against you? Like, yeah, I mean, yeah, for I, sure. I, I was at the Fadonese New Song game yesterday and um New Song were leading at the first break and within six minutes of the second break, Fadonese were out to score three goals. Now I was talking with New Song like he was savage that there was a water break. Yeah. And then Fadonese but sure, the same could happen the, the other way around. Like so I, I just think that um you know there are okay. there are things coming out of the pandemic that we mm. wouldn't have taken on board. One of them mm. is live streaming and yeah. one of them may be four quarters going forward. Yeah, that's, yeah, it's just, just a feeling. Yeah, there's no, there's no doubt about it. That's what a lot of people are saying, and you see it on social media. And we'd love a bit of feedback on your thoughts on social media, actually, on this. And Mark, since you're not on Twitter, unless you're on a snaky name, we forward <laughs> you the stuff that's on about you, like you know. Um, 
about killer lads having a COVID stone and stuff yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're going to get grief, Landers. We know that. But the thing that's is, why that's why I'm not on Twitter. It's no snaky name or nothing, Bella, because I, I, can, you know, I get enough hassle at home now to bring my sister and watch Twitter. Bella, do we know the TV plan for the weekend? Surely the Little All Ireland is on national TV. Well, so with the examiner free live streaming it every week, TJ, it's costing no one eight quid or ten quid like in Limerick. I, I think there might be a rights issue coming this weekend, oh, Bella. Yeah, right. I don't <laughs> think there? the live streaming will be up. From what I can gather. Okay, I'll take your job for the weekend. There's no problem. I talk to him one day anyway. <laughs> can you speak Irish? There's no way you can speak Irish, Dela. <laughs> oh, Jesus, TG Cow. Brady is back. Yeah. Jeez, after the Tour de France, I nearly have it off. <laughs> Sam Bennett, Arish. Sam Bennett, Arish. Sam Bennett, Bennett, Bennett. Gorham, Gorham. Come here. You, um, before you finish, Dolf, Dolf, what about our we boys never get, We never get finished, Landers. What, uh, what about, come here, you have to mention Noel and John McGrath. Come on. Give him, give him a smile. Oh, Jesus, lads. Yeah, there was, there was a couple of things, Jesus. And, and if we forget it, you know what, like, what those two fellas and the other lads, Brian and I, and John Morris at the back, all the same fellas playing, beaten again a point yesterday. And a, a great picture, their manager, what's his name? He's another McGrath, Frankie mm-hmm. McGrath, trying to pick Noel off the ground at the final yeah. whistle yesterday. And do you know what? I, I heard there was a bit of a challenge match for Cork, a clear bit of a trimming on Saturday. And I heard there was lads playing that, in my opinion, should be on a bit of a break. But I'm sure Liam Sheedy, Brian, I know Brian, Brian Cody didn't give lads too much break. I don't know, but I'm sure Liam Sheedy would be clever enough to say it to the two McGraths because they're not playing that yeah, first yeah. weekend. They had to buy to yeah. go away and take, take, take 10 days for themselves. Like, wouldn't Absolutely. they need it? Absolutely. I, I mean, as much from the, the mental side of things as, as, as the physical, you know, to just, just give them that space for sure. I mean, you're obviously going to have the, the disappointment to get over, but just that week in, week out, a relentless kind of nature of what the, those lads have gone through more so than anyone. I think absolutely. I mean, um, give them give them the bit of space and, you know, hurling wise and all that, there's no fears that by, you know, the likes of Noel and John have stopped back into the setup. I mean, um, to be fair to Brian, you know, I suppose with the Valley Hill boys and that, you know, I mean, all relative, you know, but certainly the likes of TJ and Henry, they were never rushed back, you know. They came back into yeah. the setup after they, they got their two weeks or whatever just to enjoy it, you know, to take the breather, whatever it was, and come back then hungry for it. So I'm sure, look, Liam is, is no slouch, you know. He'll know exactly what to do, and I'm sure he'll probably have a, have a chat to them later on in the week. You know, he'll give them a phone call and touch base with them and see how things how they're yeah. feeling. And, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe the, you know, they'll want to. Um, I know when I lost the club All-Ireland and... Brian rang me on the Wednesday and the last thing I wanted to do was to go back in. I was licking my wounds and whatever else and he kind of said to me, look, get back on the horse. It's the best thing for you. Come back in, you know, and I didn't get the time off and actually for, for me, that was probably the best thing, you know, but look, I'm sure she, Liam will talk to the lads and see what, what way their heads are at. And Brian, after watching Belly Hale there for the last couple of weeks, Kilkenny for the All-Ireland? Not at all, TJ. You joke me. Did you see your piercing? <laughs> Jesus Christ, what a power. What an outfit. Yeah, well, that's one of the things. What an outfit. And, and you, you have Kula out in Dublin. You have Belly Hill. Like in Clare, we were either going to have the Glen or the Rockies. We know they'd have been favourites with the build-up. But you had piercing, Killadang and Belly Gunner on Six Mile Bridge. What a monster club we would have had. And Dale, there's a huge amount. There's a huge amount of managers coming out now straight away and asking the GA to reconsider the decision on that. Is there any? Yeah, is but, there any? It's a crossover yeah. against the county, but could we find a January and a February situation? To give the clubs uh, after the All Ireland, the senior All Ireland has played. Could, could we have a January and February club 
All Ireland Munster campaign, All Ireland campaign. Again, again, I can't answer that one like uh, for you, Mark. But I could say if the COVID stone went on uh, after you not knowing, but then there was light at the end of the tunnel that we were going to have a championship. If someone told me I was finished up and I had no chance of being on the clear panel yeah. today, I think the, co- the winter stone would go on. <laughs> <early night. laughs> you, you may or you may not know this now, right? But this will tell you how cute they are in Kerry. Kerry are organising a club championship for their clubs without their inter-county players. The church is, they already, the they already have a club. They already, they're worse than ye. They already have a club championship <laughs> without a county championship. East Kerry, mid Kerry. I have to get hats off to David Clifford's goal ah, as well. If any, he saw Jesus. If there's a match of the day, Gary Lineker could come out through the screen. Jeannie <laughs> Mac, just not joking. You're and, and this fellow again has to go to work this morning or college or something. Anyway, well, lads, look, look at I. I think you know an awful lot of people on social media are saying, God, be 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 rid of 2020 as soon as we can. But we've not created miles out of it as well, haven't we? With, with what we thought was doom and gloom. And look, we are worried about the figures and we totally agree with what Ron and Glenn is telling us there every week and we, we urge people to be cautious. But we've got a great amount of mileage out of the club stuff and looking forward yeah. to Winter All Ireland as well. Yeah, and like, you know, TJ, TJ mentioned it earlier on, like, you know, about the fact that of the live streaming and the standard of club hurling, could it match the inter-county stuff? We saw the Tipperary County final. We saw St. James Stevens and 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 um, and Belly Hale. You know, you've the Glen and the Rockies first final, I think, since 1978 that the players, the Glen and the Rockies. But also the numbers on the on the live streaming, Anthony, 25,000 people tuned in to Black Rock and UCC, and 26,000 people tuned in to the Glen and the Amazon. That is phenomenal. And that's just people that are clicking in. That's not saying that there's two, three, four, five people sitting at home a watching house, a match. Uh, or a if it's in a pub, that there could be 50 or 100 people watching it. We're, we're spreading the gospel on, from a hurling point of view and a football point of view into people's homes. The live streaming has been a massive, massive success. And I just hope that the clubs take it on board going forward, that they will continue with the live streaming for their clubs and share the cost between two clubs. Yeah, so... Let's thanks. We, we went on as usual, but sure, the talk is good of a Monday morning. Uh, hopefully, TJ, you'll be in shape to talk next Monday morning. Um, <laughs> 20 minutes oh, to do, as I said. Hopefully. Uh, Hoagie, pleasure to have you as always. Uh, and uh, what we've established this morning is Mark Landers wants the GA to turn into American football. <laughs> where, you arrive, where you arrive at the stadium at about three o'clock in the day and you're let out after four quarters at about seven o'clock that evening full of Heineken Carlsberg and popcorn (laughs) good morning tea Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.